Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Chasing Edges podcast. I'm your host, Brian Peters. Got an absolute dynamite conversation this week with Coach Lewis Carella. He's a 16-year vet in the Division I football strength conditioning industry, currently serving as Director of Strength and Conditioning at the University of Charlotte. Also stops as the head guy at Georgia Tech Football, University of Buffalo, as well as stops at Louisiana Lafayette, North Texas, Michigan, Mississippi State, all the above, just a vet in the industry, but also a new author of the book Firelighters 365, Daily Motivational Messages for Coaches, Athletes, and Leaders, which I'm super excited to read, just dropped a few weeks ago. But me and Coach have a great conversation, particularly about how to connect and coach with players today. And I think it's really special as you start to learn the learner, as we talk about on the podcast a lot, knowing who you're coaching, what they're hearing, and how they're hearing it is vital to being an effective coach. And then we go down the rabbit hole of all things inspiration and motivation, discipline, and the intangibles of what makes a great player, what makes a great professional when it comes to sport and coaching. Then we finish off with his quote that is now the title of the podcast, some advice that he received uh, a long time ago, but hard work pays off, but nobody tells you when. And that leads down a quick little exclamation point on the podcast, but I definitely hope you enjoy. All right, bam. Coach Corella, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to talk to you. I've seen, again, we talked a little bit beforehand, but I've seen all your clips uh, on socials and and those different avenues that then went down to YouTube and now you have the book and you have like a great, great plethora of messages. And I want to break some of those down after this. We usually start the podcast with uh, the name of the podcast is Chasing Edges. Where right now are you chasing edges? Where are you learning, growing? Kind of what's on the forefront of your mind there? Well, I uh, appreciate it. I'm always trying to think of ways to get through to my players. And that's always been my hobby, which is that eventually turned into a book. So I, I've been writing down messages um, for almost for like a decade. And, you know, it finally came to a book, but that's, that's what I'm always working on. I'm always working on year one of being a coach. You know, I'm not, I've been a head strength coach for going on nine years, but it's always year one to me. I have to revamp all the things that I learned that, that previous year and turn it into experience and then try to make it feel new for the players and give them different messages where I'm still learning and um, keep challenging my own self so I can be genuine to the players. So I'm always, I'm always working on something that really revolves around helping the team. Yeah, that's dynamite and exactly what I wanted to start breaking down because uh, like I travel around and speak to some colleges and different teams and organizations in that kind of sense. And, one of the biggest frustrations I've found is when I run into strength coaches, any type of practitioner in that realm, they talk about this generation's so hard to coach or I can't coach this generation. And I think what you're doing is awesome. You're meeting people on different uh, platforms, but you're also continuing to evolve each year. And I love the year one concept there, but it, what, like, like, I know, I'm sure you've, You've heard of the now with the world of the transfer portal and all these other variables and NIL. And when some teams are actually like completely new team, every team's a new team every year, but there it's been more of a heavier variable as of late. But uh, can you kind of touch on, cause I'm sure you've heard that message somewhere in, um, in your arena, as far as this generation's harder to coach or softer humans or whatever it ends up being um, kind of like some of the common uh, problems you see and then your tactics. Uh, I mean, so every doesn't matter what 
like type of kid it is or where he's from or it doesn't matter how much money he got to come to the school or whatever it is they're all getting interviewed by me you know i'm, I'm interviewing all of them i'm, I'm asking them all these questions and I'm, I'm learning about their life i'm figuring out what they've been through figuring out what they hate what they love and really that gets us on the same page so like i don't ever notice a difference in how things are changing because i'm not changing my approach on how to coach and do what I love. I just try to find better ways to just help them. So I think that's where that's where I've been the most helpful to people in my opinion with it, it doesn't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter what's happening. It just matters if you care. And if you care, the generations don't matter. People like everyone just falls in the line from there. So that that's my opinion. No, I think that's awesome because like, I mean, you can look at strength conditioning to, to the personal relationships in that sense where like you're going to give a hundred guys a weightlifting program. They're all going to react different. So it's, I think it's incredibly like paramount to know the human that's like going through the pro and like anyways, but just to kind of fall back into it and we'll see if I, if I can edit all that little drop out, but um, to know each player, it's kind of like is a foolproof system where like you can, again, help this individual that's going to react differently to your programming every year, every workout anyways, to more or less Kate, like not cater, but like customize the responses they need. Cause we, I had a uh, Ryan Shazier on here a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about basically Mike Tomlin having the same tactics you're talking about. And so you don't hear, like, he didn't hear the, this generation's change. This isn't the old days anymore. Not tough. Like he just heard, even when he was speaking to the team that their ability, like his ability to relate each message to each player. And then obviously like the one-on-one -on -one conversations are personalized and that kind of concept. So I, I really appreciate that because I was talking to like coach storms and from Florida state and coach day from South Carolina about the same concept about what we we're talking about different teams. And I like, I think the bulletproof logic here is if you feel like you can't coach this generation, you need neither to adapt and learn from those that are doing it successfully, or you need to get out of coaching and find a new or a new target market. And I, and that was obviously coming from them where I think that is the, like the most logical thing when I hear that, I think is yeah, an easy approach. Exactly. And I, you know, this year was different than all the other years for me the most, because we had 55 transfers. And, you know, it's year one of a new program and we're trying to change everything here. But um, now we had like big kids from different programs, like with egos come in here that, you know, looking at this place like it's going to be a cakewalk. And they didn't realize like they jumped into maybe the hardest workouts they've ever done in their life. And they weren't expecting like all these players to be here, too, that are their size and their talent. And so. I look at this year as one of the best years I've ever had to do as a coach managing all these personalities and all these egos and all these issues with kids to turn them into kids that want to actually play for each other. So that's been a quick turnaround. And um, I think for the most part, we've done it. We have our ups and downs every day, but um, I'm very proud of the strength staff right now that I have just managing that piece of it. We can't control the games, but we can control the feeling in the building. And I think that's very healthy right now. Yeah. So as you look at 55 new guys coming in and then your lifetime of experience through some, like some of the best programs in football in that sense, how do you establish your standard that you're looking for? Like, obviously I'm sure you're communicating with coaches as well, but 
you as a leader that has a, an, a, like a massive amount of contact with the players, how do you communicate your standard of performance to them? I just try to be their example. Like I, I try to make them understand where we're all going with this whole thing and why I see it a certain way. And if they want to buy in great, cause I'm doing everything they're doing as well. Like I do it before they get here. I test it out. If I wrote too much, I take it out. And it, it's, it's been, it's been trialed. It's not like a guess. I'm, I'm doing things that I know work and I'm doing them to the best of my ability to make them believe in it. And I feel like, um, we got a hundred guys out of a hundred right now in the boat that charge into the weight room every day with passion on their face and excitement. And, um, I really feel if, if you don't make it about them, that's not going to happen. Like they're not going to come in barging, excited, ready to go. Uh, because that's the reality of today. No one's really thrilled every day. You have to, it's a challenge. And if you're not prepared and you think it's just going to happen, I got news for you. You got a big mistake coming. So. Yeah. And that's where, uh, again, like f leading by example. And then like, obviously you're an incredible communicator when it comes to, in my opinion, like reinforcing purpose from everything I've heard. Again, this is mostly from socials and that kind of thing, but uh, like if a guy knows what he's willing to struggle for, like, you know, like basically if you can, what is it you can go through, if you know your why you can go overcome anyhow and that kind of concept. And you you do, I think a more like a really special job as approaching kind of like the paradoxes of performance and like that. I, I, I just enjoy paradoxes, but like everybody wants to be the baller, the effortless performer, but it takes a lot of effort, grind, suffering, success is boring to get to this point where like, I am the best and it make it looks effortless in that aspect. And you have this awesome uh, message when it comes like winning doesn't care who you are, what you did. Like it's, it's unfair. It's unbiased in that sense. And it's not always fair. And so uh, can you elaborate on that message? Uh, I, got, I, I know you, I'm sure you've get, gotten this a lot, but I think it's a beautiful message about uh, understanding that like, again, winning doesn't judge in that sense. Yeah. I got that message from Tim Grover and he, um, he inspired me a lot with that book winning and I shared it to the team and it went viral and all that, but, um, it's the truth. <laughs> it's, it's just, I've been through so much in my career that, um, you don't, you don't realize how many people aren't there for you until you go into the dark. Like that's the truth. And you get fired. Not many people really care. Uh, you get fired again, uh, less people care. And then you get fired again. Well, you might have your mom call you like and even your mom's telling you, like, what are you doing? Like, what, like can you just figure something else out? I don't understand. You work your heart out, give everything you have and it still doesn't work out. That's where that's where I come in, though, to these kids lives. Like I have the opportunity now because I had to live through that to give them an opportunity to learn from my like mistakes of my mindset of how I thought of things when I didn't get my way of how things look, things aren't going to be fair. And if you're not willing to like understand all of that before you sign up, it's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be fair. But if you really want it, that's what comes with it. And if you're not ready for that, don't chase it. Yeah. And that like, it's, uh, I kind of do this with my like my athletes in that same sense, because like once I know what they want and why they want it and that kind of concept and basically like how I view it is like everybody desires the championship or the NFL or starter or whatever like scale it is to them. 
and like in that and in that sense it's a desire and what's a desire and like i love naval ravikant um use a lot of his uh, philosophy logic in that sense but a desire is a contract with yourself to be unhappy until you get this thing whatever it is and so once i get really clear on what my guys want like uh, there's kind of an old parable that i use too where like it's the king and his jewels where like the king used to, was a drunk used to get his jewels taken all the time and then he started put them on a rottweiler and then the rottweiler nobody everybody stopped stealing the jewels i'm the rottweiler you tell me what you want your standard of performance and i'll and i'll protect it but like you got to understand the cost and the price so there's no complaining and like again you understand that like even if you do everything right doesn't mean you're going to win but you're going to keep your standard and your values and character because i think some people get it messed up where like you should be the same person all day like from a character and moral standpoint yeah but you need to master your mask same as like uh you do a great job communicating l- work life balance like the being able to be the dad the coach you training yourself like these are different very like d- different spectrums of yourself that you need to transition through and i think again in that same sense you do a, a beautiful job of it i appreciate it man it's uh it's something that you can't train for you can't read in a book like there's nobody's telling you hey uh you didn't win enough games so you're gonna get fired like a bunch of times in your career and um even though like you didn't really have much to do with that it's still gonna come for you so just be prepared for that even as a player you work your heart out you get hurt you work your heart out you get hurt you work your heart out you get benched it's like what like so i Every kid that's going through it, I feel for him. Every kid that's going through it, I have him in my office and I have something to give him because I feel like I went through it too. And it's just like the workouts. Every time they're about to hit a wall, I know exactly when it's coming because I felt it too. So that that's being a coach in my opinion. And really it's being a difference maker. Yeah. And uh, can you break your diff- the difference the difference between a difference maker and a coach and, and uh, analogy down? Yeah, it's... Um, it's it's like a coach is going to sit in a film room, right? And all these kids are going to come in there when it's time to meet. And he's going to coach that scheme and he's going to coach that technique. And he's going to do it pretty well. Well, there's also a call the difference maker where he's not going to he's he's not even going to think about coaching film or technique until he understands. And he's excited to hear about those guys uh, weekend they just had or what's going on in their life and talk to him a little bit before he has to coach technique and film and uh scheme so like he cares about the people first and then the rest takes care of itself the coach does it the opposite way doesn't care about who's in the seats it's just another year whatever next guy up like that's it difference maker cares when you graduate wants to be there for it wants to be there when you have your first kid wants to be there at your wedding like that's the stuff that i don't know maybe i'm messed up but that's the stuff that i got in it for no, I, I and I view life like that in general. And like, same as you're talking about the calls after you get fired. And obviously, I'm just navigating life after football myself in that sense. But your circle gets really small. You understand who who is proximal friends and who's not. But like, it's also the what like you have to have self-awareness to like, in essence, self-develop. Because if you don't know what you're doing and I call it like learning the learner. Like if you don't know who's learning this information, then like you're not really going to be able to apply it. Like what holes I'm filling or what armor I'm adding. And then when you look at, because I think it works the same coach to player and where it's okay, do I know what this kid's even hearing? Does he like, am I speaking just my terminology, my words, my technique? 
and he's just like 80% getting it, you, you'll never know until you know the learner or you've learned the learner. And I think that's really special because it, it ties back to your weightlifting strategy where like the interview, you know, the guy, you know, the why, you knew, know the background, you know, the more variables in, um, in your programming. Because I like, I think a really cool v- view on like the, uh, the variables in, in that sense, because if you don't know the human, you don't know, like kind of the weakest link in the chain. So that's why FMS scores and all like the physical side of it. But like the best players, I think, are made between the ears. And then like, obviously, I think the best coaches lead with their heart in some capacity, too. Um, But like the most important variable in a system is the most limiting. If his mind or his why or his he has something else going on that the coach doesn't even know about, then like you're again, you're you're not even coaching the system like fundamentally, in my opinion. So I think again, just that fundamental approach of being a great human uh, with the intention of helping and leading and like, again, being a difference maker, I think solves so many problems um, that do occur right now as far as like coaching discrepancies. So I think that's special. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you, you have a couple other stuff and I know you're you're strapped on time a little bit, but um, the no talent code, because I'm, I'm a big, but like, because like, to your point, doesn't matter how hard you work and all these things, it's not always going to work out for you. But kind of usually that pairs pairs with that. Some pe- a lot of people rely on this talent that they think is going to carry so much. When really, just when you start talking about max effort and attitude and things that are inside your control, uh, could you just touch on uh, your approach when you start talking about the no talent code to your guys? Yeah. So I always tell the guys like. Um, they got this commercial called Carfax, right? Show me the Carfax. And, you know, I always go back to the example of, man, look at that car. It's like shiny. It's nice, man. I want to buy that. Well, wait a second. Let's show me the Carfax. I'm like, let me see what's, you know, really the issues here. And you got a nice looking car with a laundry list of Carfax on it. You're not buying it. I don't care what it looks like. And it's the same with a pretty athlete. Like you got this, you know, guy who's fast, strong, looks the part, really nice film. Uh, guts, he, he's grabbing the attention of every scout. But what are the car facts on this kid? Like, what's what's the really the story on him? And it, it crushes everyone or it makes everyone. And if you're a kid that's always late and doesn't care about the little things or doesn't touch the line when the whole team touches the line or uh, doesn't or just falls asleep in every meeting or whatever, blow stuff off like it doesn't matter or you're addicted to drugs or all this stuff that could be on your list, I'm sorry, I'm going to move on to the next talented guy that doesn't have a car list or Carfax list. So that's the example I use, but it's everything. It's everything. These kids, I try to, in different ways year round, try to say the same thing. You don't understand how big the littlest things are. and you're not going to understand until it, it teaches you for you. So like, you don't have to listen now, but eventually you're going to have to get coached by your future. And I promise if you just listen now, you're going to be way ahead. The coach by the future. That's fucking dynamite. Um, yeah. Well, it just kind of aligns in a different way to say it again. Shazier just had a bunch of good little nuggets on his podcast where his dad taught him really young 
one, he had like alopecia. So he had to learn about pe- how people treat the shiny car or like the different car in that sense really, really early. So he got to fill a cool filter on the world. But his dad taught him really early, like everybody in life has a trash bag. And again, like it's going to come down to you and another person at some point in your life, job, test, opportunity, and they're going to look at your trash bag. And the guy with the least amount of trash, they're going to go with him. And if you're picking up a lot of little things, or if you have one big thing, whatever ends up being, but it's like, be cognizant of the trash you pick up. And that can be, again, habits, humans that you keep around you, like, again, the details and the character that does show up. So I think it's cool just to see some of these messages just be universal. And I, I think that, again, finding the newest way to to say things and like I, like I quote Naval and all these other books and these humans and obviously Tim Grover influenced you. And I think people kind of get like they, they always I, I think some people are hesitant to like re-communicate the same message. I really think everybody's just translating and then like that you get your perspective out. And then I had Arian Foster on a while back and he has this philosophy where everything and because coaching is an art form, like it's it's obviously like assembling your your workouts art form how you communicate it art form, how you storytell on top of that to hit all these points home for character values, work ethic, all these other things, art form. But he goes, first you take, then you create, and then you innovate. And like, we all get influenced by mentors and books and certifications and these things. And then eventually like we feel through it, we're adapting. And it's just, there's so many multi-variables where I think it is truly, truly an art form where again, now, again, uh, yet even though we've taken and we've retranslated, like it's still... I mean, it's still coming out with your soul on it. So I think. uh... Yeah, like I've I've always had a hobby of like trying to come up with my own quotes. And, you know, there are a lot that are very similar to other quotes. But like I've I've created like drop down menus on title words that we're all used to, like discipline, accountability, leadership, toughness, resilience. And I've just made like a like a quote category for each word that I tried to make original. and it's, it's just been something I've loved doing. Like if I'm bored or if I got spare time, I'll just do that. I'll listen to some more music and think of, you know, some good stuff. Dude, it's creative writing. It's so, it's super cool. Cause like, and I'm, uh, uh, once I'm on the road for two weeks, but once I get back, uh, and then everybody listening firelighters, three sixty five. um, coaches came out with it. How long ago did that, that get dropped? Uh, so like two, a little over two weeks now. Awesome. And so he's got a book. So is it like a daily um, uh, quote explanation? Like, can you kind of break down the book real quick? Yeah. So these are these are like all the messages that I've shared with teams over the last decade. Um, And also things that I've thought of while I'm just doing their workouts. And I just jotted it down. And then I I got real organized and started writing a book about it, like a message of the day. Yeah. So you can read it however you want. There's no date on it. You can start you can skim the book real quick and hit stop. And that's the message for your day. Like it doesn't matter. And I do think all these messages are like timeless. Like you might, you might have the book for a year and then you might read one of the same messages that hits you a completely different way. Cause you're just at a different stage in life. And I think that's why I want to write it the most because my son, the more he grows up, I just want him to have it. My dad, I really wanted him to have it because he was always encouraging about it. And I just wanted to make sure it was in his hands. So um, I'm, I'm happy I got it out, but it was always a passion of mine to um, always try to do it. 
Yeah, that's that's incredibly juicy. I think that's such an incredible accomplishment. And then I love those formatted books as well, where one like you can look at. I mean, I can look at all the impactful books in my life and I go back and read. I've read multiple books three to five times and it hits different every time. But that's how, you know, the message is potent and the perspective is powerful. And I I look at perspective in a different way where, like, I think perspective is the biggest killer, the biggest causer of chronic disease and suffering because if you can shift like pain different story pain's inevitable in my in my opinion but if you can constantly change your perspective that's why i seek out conversations with great humans quotes are logic landmarks to me but if i have this philosophy and these perspectives from other high performers that have been in it and lived it and done the arena thing now i have like more resources and more basically like i i view because like I mean, you can break down the principles of performance, like discipline, persistence, like all these things. There's probably like 12 principles, work ethic, whatever. And like, it's all different, translated different ways, but old problems have old solutions. Like that's why the Bible is so potent. That's why Stoic philosophy, it's still round and applicable. You can read words from thousands of years ago and it still be like, damn, that's what I live today. And so the the format, I'm, su- I'm super excited for your book. One, just because I'm a sucker for quotes. And if you, if you look at like the socials, I just put quotes on whiteboards all the time, which is how uh, we connected uh, one of your dynamite quotes. Where it's, um, what it, so everybody's sore, everybody's tired, everybody has an excuse. Don't be everybody. I think that's just like that that perspective shift. Where because like everybody says everybody, and so now like okay, can I find a new trigger word or a new awareness word? Where like well, everybody's doing it, or like whatever. I just again succumb to these little um imperfections in logic or these defaults where again like most of it's just like if i'm self-aware enough i know the logic that i'm using but a lot of times like you need these books and these humans around you to shock you back and like no that's i'm drifting to failure like complacency's kicking in whatever it ends up being whatever the kryptonite is but that's why i'm one i'm i'm hyped for your book but uh i love the format and i and i, I hope again a lot of people on here strength coaches athletes that are primary listeners, high, like guys that are just grinding it out. But um, in that same sense, uh, I, again, I, I, I'm excited is all I'm trying to say. Like, I, no, I, just... I appreciate it, man. It's, it's, you know, I spent five years writing it and I spent longer than that thinking about it. And it, it's really like every time I've sprinted in the dark, I've, I've always thought of things. It's like my alone time I need. And I, it, it's my most healthy part of the day. Um, being out there on the field with my cleats and just me and, and the dark and the moon. And like, that's when I pray. That's when I think that's when I write, honestly, that's when I jot stuff down. If I think of it. And, um, that's when I'm at my, at my best, in my opinion, like that's where my, my thoughts are the clearest. Um, I'm thinking of like every emotion that I've had over the years, like, Oh, I didn't get my way or, Oh, how come he's getting his or, Oh, um, you know, this isn't fair at all. Or, Oh, I got rewarded for hard work finally. Or like everything I thought the last five years has basically turned into a message that can just try to help people. And at the end of every message, there's a, there's a question or two for yourself and how you can help someone else with it. Yeah. That's that. Well, like, uh, and I, again, I'm a big proponent of journaling, but like the power of question, like I play the why game with people all the time. Like, Oh, like you think it's unfair. Why? okay well why and like you you most people don't get past like two layer like one or two layers of why and you'll find out and like kind of like philosophy from anthony de Mello, book awareness i quote on here all the time but like 
whether you're helped or hurt, like that's on you. And like, again, like your identity, like as a success or as a failure, all these things, or like even in the short term or long term, if things aren't going your way, it's all a crisis of perspective. And so I think, yeah, I think that message, but like, can you just before we wrap up, um, can you elaborate? So you sprint in the dark. I think that's freaking awesome. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, the day after I got done playing at, um, defiance college in Ohio, D three football, let's go that next Sunday, I was sprinting in the weight room. Like I was still playing and like every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the team lifts Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I, I just do their, I do their Tuesdays run on Monday and then I do their Mondays lift on Monday. So I take Tuesday and Thursday off and I have a big Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for myself. So I'm always out there on my own in the dark. Um, and I, I tend to do a lot more than they do for the run just to be, you know, careful with them. And, um, that that's it, man. That that's who I am. That's who I've always been. It's who I want to be. It's, it's what I love. It's like, if I'm on vacation, I'll find somewhere of just, just what I want to do. Well, I, just, I just, again, like that's different. And in, in, in a sense where like, I look back on like my career where like, there was a time when like I was trying to make it to the NFL still, I was going through arena UFL CFL and I was working three jobs in Chicago. And the only time I could train was like, like I start lifting at nine 30. Uh, and then I, sometimes I'd run after where I just run, but it was always in the dark, but like something about that, like sensory loss of light and everything going on that just the in- introspection that happens. Like, honestly, like now that you brought that up, I haven't even thought about it in years. Great perspective shift from a story. Um, dude, that was where I built a lot of my armor where like, I like, it wasn't even negotiable to n- do more that what they got, than I showed up to do. Like, okay, I'm running 14, 110s. I'd like, I'd run in like 21, 22 until like I, I puked. And I was doing that like after I jumped a fence at a high school or like, or jumped my fence at like Northwestern one, cause I was still living up there. But anyways, I just think, uh, I mean, that's something I could in- in- interject, but like, I think there is something special about isolation at night and my, my girlfriend does it in the woods. Like I, I'm learning that world too, but it just, uh, that's that's awesome and that, but just to wrap up to be respectful of your time um how we how we close it out is best advice that you've been given or that you currently give oh man um best advice i've been given is hard work pays off and no one tells you when mm. and that's kind of that's kind of carried me through um this this career i'm not i'm not that old but i've been through a lot and I think that's that's what's kept me going. Even as a player, like I I bet on myself and I didn't know if it would pay off. And it was really my last shot. But I just believed in it. I just I really did. I believed that it was gonna work. And it did. And it believe and I had, you know, the success I always dreamed of having, uh, because I just I believed it would happen and didn't know when. Like when I got into this profession as an intern of 15 interns. Didn't know how I was going to ever make it in this field. I knew I wanted to. Uh, I knew that was my vision and I didn't have plan B. So I didn't care how many times I had to move. I didn't I didn't even think about it. It was just what I was going to do. So I do think if um, you do find what you love and you find your purpose, I don't know what much else is going to satisfy you than just to keep going. Like just just believe in yourself. Keep going. And 
don't let people shy you away from it. Don't let people keep, you know, their negative opinion, you farther away from your dream. It's so not worth listening to other people and especially people that haven't felt your pain. So that's really the advice I give to people too, because like you, you wouldn't have been born if you weren't ready for the opportunities that you have. And so many people have self-doubt and, Oh, well, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if like, this is my time or, you know, I, or maybe I just got to do a little more like, look, man, I doubted this book. I doubted this book for a while. I thought it might, whatever, but you have one chance at everything you're doing. Like, that's it. You get one opportunity, one life. And if you weren't born, I don't think you'd be ready. But since you are born, I think you are. And that's, uh, I just believe that's the truth. Yeah, that's a, such a cool fundamental principle and kind of one of the the quotes that like really has become a mantra at like this past year is outwork yourself doubt for me because like I'm getting in front of bigger humans, bigger people, bigger like colleges, whatever it ends up being. And like, obviously, you know, like doubt shows up in weird ways. But um, Alex Hormozy, uh, one of my favorite people to follow right now and listen to his podcast and those kind of things. But he has this this saying uh, where you don't become confident by screaming affirmations in the mirror. You become confident by having a pile of undoubtable work. And he could outwork your self-doubt as the close of that, where it's like, that's the simplest thought. And you, and you just communicated that in your own way right there. And other people say it different ways. Like be patient is tough to, tough to deal with sometimes because like, but you can't, you can't be patient and not have the work ethic. So patient and work ethic they go together like that but it's again it's not how people would usually delineate those two terms because it's right. really just like if you pay if you have like because like that and in, in that sense like hard work pays off uh, but nobody tells you when like that is the patience but like like inspiration motivation all these things they like they'll find you but they, they got to find you working like success has to find you working and if you don't know when that's where like i'm sure there's an analogy to tie sprinting in the dark in there too but and then obviously nobody tells you like the first deal where like uh, winning doesn't care, that concept, all that's merged together in a beautiful philosophy that you coach, you live and that you're impacting lives with. So um, your message is dynamite coach. Uh, I'll link everybody to your socials, your YouTube. Uh, the link for the book will be in there. That's Firelighters 365. Can that be, is that on Amazon and available to everybody? Yeah. Yeah. It's on Amazon. So, yep. Perfect. Perfect. And then uh, you're obviously getting geared up for camp. So good luck to you and the boys. Um, uh, I'll follow along. And then hopefully uh, I'm ripping through Charlotte all the time. So if I can ever do anything for you, if you want to learn any of the the breath uh, world, as far as breath work for high performance, I'll stop and do anything I can to help you. Awesome, man. Well, I'm taking that last quote. You, you said uh, when success finds you, you better be working. So yeah, it's uh, I think it's uh, it might be Jack London. I can't remember, but it uh, it's yeah inspiration will find you but it has to find you working kind of deal and like uh that. yeah and it's just then i mean i this goes down a whole rabbit hole where like logan galbrook he's a, a trainer out there where he's like basically like like inspiration motivation's fleeting in that sense but discipline's what carries you um or sustains you when it's absent or something like that all these things merge together but i'm i'm a i'm a slut for a good quote so but uh yeah i can yeah, i can no, you know i do just one more thing i do hear that a lot like Oh, motivation is not needed. Oh, so inspiration is not needed. Okay. Well, I believe you need to be inspired to stay disciplined. How about that? 
I think you need to be motivated to stay disciplined. Like, why are you staying disciplined? Because you're probably motivated for a goal that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, you're, uh, uh, what's a good way to say it? Because like, yeah, I, I, I think these philosophies or whoever says it, like it just taken out of context, usually from a larger quote or a whole speech and everything. So, and some people sink their teeth into it and that becomes their gospel. But uh, in the same sense, like it gets back to like your point, like if you know your purpose and your why and all these things, really, I think it's a proximity thing of how far you are away from it. Like how often, like, so like if you get, if you wake up and remind yourself of your purpose every day, or you do it when you're sprinting in the dark at night, it's like, I literally just like, I have my athletes journal three times a week, just so it doesn't get too far. Who are you? Who do you want to be? And what the fuck are you doing about it? If you can't find your purpose in that, and it doesn't remind you where you're going and keeping you on track. And yeah, like that, that should inspire you anyways. But the problem is we always just kind of get into the motions and go through all these things but every like i don't know the more the more you know it and get reminded of it the drift to failure is much more uh absent or much more rare in my opinion but yeah i think that's that's a great insight because i do think people just like oh i need to just grind through it and discipline trumps everything consistency trumps everything yeah of course but like intensity is i think intensity comes from inspiration uh and reminders of what motivates you and, and purpose. So I think co- you're, you're fucking dialed coach things. You already know. I appreciate you having me on, man. This, this was great, man. Thank you. Easy. Yeah. Well, I'll ta- we'll tag you up and everything. Um, and then, uh, we'll be in touch. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Be well. Hey everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Hopefully you're getting some value or at least some entertainment and juice out of it. If you are enjoying the podcast, please don't hesitate to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything you can find. All the support and interaction is greatly appreciated. Thank you for all the support and have a day.